Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Many of you may have heard of people offering this advice in the world uh, because of the inequality that we're seeing in our world. People say, if you took all the money in the world, especially from the rich, and then you divided it equally amongst all people, wouldn't that be much better? And a lot of people, especially if you're a millennial, you say, that's right. But they say, if you took all the money in the world and you divided it equally and you gave it to everyone, after a few years, the money would end up again in the hands of the rich and the wise. Because it's not what you've got, it's how you use what you've got. Even the life you've been given apart from money It's how you use your life, not how you've grown up. You can grow up in poverty, you can grow up in adverse circumstances, and you can excel. Why? Because of the wisdom that you receive from God that you use to build your life. Let me explain to you what I mean by this by giving you two illustrations. I was reading about a man in America who pretty much got it all. In uh, 1988, William Bud Post won $16.2 million dollars. Doesn't sound like a lot of money until you convert it into rands. 240 million rands. You'd think he'd be set for life. But this is what he said. He said, I wish it never happened. It was a total nightmare. His former girlfriend sued him for what she assumed, being his girlfriend, was her share of the winnings. His one brother hired a hitman to kill him so that he could inherit the money. Two of his other siblings got him involved in business, nagged him and nagged him and nagged him, ended up in a car business and a restaurant. Neither of those returned money, and he started to have serious tensions in his whole family. Well, eventually, he got so freaked out with all this attention, all this money, he ended up in debt. A debt collector came to collect money, 240 million rand. He took a gun and he fired a shot over the guy's head. Well, as a result, he ended up in prison. He wins this lottery, ends up in prison, 15 million rand in debt. It shows you it's not what you're given, it's what you use. And it's not how much money you get, it's the wisdom for living your life. Many people fail for lack of wisdom, not for fail, don't fail for lack of resources. Are you with me? And it's so important to realize it because in South Africa, we can feel like if you just gave me something, I'd be fine. No, 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 it's not true. You can start with nothing and you can make something if you've got wisdom. In the depression years of 1932 in the United States, it was the most difficult time that nation had ever been through. Wall Street bankers were committing suicide by jumping out of buildings and in the smaller towns, people were really having hardship. Locusts were eating crops. The entire nation was plunged into terrible drought and people were suffering. And there was a couple by the name of Ted and Dorothy Husted. They lived in a small town called Wall in South Dakota. And you know the place where the weeds blow in the wind? The locusts had eaten everything. It was like a dust bowl, 38 degrees every day for days on end. You're dying in the heat. And they had bought a small drugstore. We called them chemists but they bought this drugstore and it was not doing well. They were on the brink of closing down. So Dorothy one day said to her husband, you know what, 
I'm tired. It's this boiling hot afternoon. We're not, there are no customers. We're not making money. I'm going to go home and have a lie down. So she went home, lay down, and as she lay down on the bed, she could hear the traffic noise of the, the sort of main road just up from their house. And she, as she's listening to this, she can't fall asleep. She realized, I've got an idea. So she goes back to him and she says, I've got an idea. All these thousands of people passing, how do we get them into our store? So she said to her husband, I've got an idea. And so they took some uh, metal and they made signs. And the first one they put up 40 kilometers from their drugstore. And on it, they put the words, free ice water at the wall drugstore. And so as you drove past this, you saw, oh, free ice water. Then some five miles before their store, they put up another one. We don't have a picture of it. Hold on. It's only five miles to the wall drugstore and free ice water. Well, even before he got back from putting up the signs, people were queuing to get in. And people came and bought ice water. Today, that drugstore is still going. And you can see signs all over the world telling you how far it is to the Walls drugstore. You go to Europe and there's signs there. Go to the UK, there's signs there. That's how well known it is. Well, up to 20,000 people a day still visit that drugstore. 20,000 people a day, and they got out of their poverty, and they were doing extremely well, and it's been passed on to subsequent generations, because it's not what you're given, it's the wisdom that you get in your life that counts. Wisdom will determine the level of your life, the ceiling of your life, and the ceiling of your success. The level of your wisdom determines the level of your success. Are you with me today? You know, John Wayne, and you can't always take actors seriously because they pretend for a living. But John Wayne said this. He said, life is tough. It's much tougher if you're stupid. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree today that life is tough? Let's not make it tougher. Let's rely on the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God will determine your success in life. Now, someone has described wisdom as knowing the deep things of life. No, wisdom is very practical. In fact, the definition of wisdom would be this, competent action to master the various problems of life. It's practically knowing what to do. And if you study the Hebrews and the Greeks, they thought very differently about wisdom. This is very important for you to understand because our society has been largely influenced by Greeks. The Hebrews viewed wisdom as the wisdom to do things, very practical. You had wisdom, then it showed itself in skill and in the way you lived, in the way you ran your family, the way you ran your business, the way you cared for your environment. That was how wisdom was manifest. You with me? That's why when Moses went up the mountain as a Hebrew and he met with God face to face, he got the law. What's the law full of? Practical advice on hygiene, on health, on food, on sexuality, on family, on trade, on business, on relationships. Practical advice. That's how the Hebrews do it. That's how we live today. But most societies and a lot of our, our world today is influenced by Greeks. The Greeks viewed knowledge as something ethereal, something conceptual. Philosophy. Philosophy. You know what philosophy is? Love. Sophia, wisdom. So the Greeks, I love a wisdom. But you can't see it. It doesn't manifest. God's wisdom is that which shows itself practically. 
So before I give you four things today on how to receive the wisdom of God, look here in the scriptures, how this practical wisdom, that's why the laws of God are so practical, is manifest way back in the book of Exodus, Exodus 28. It says, the Lord speaking to Moses, tell all skilled workers whom I have given wisdom in such matters. So it's talking to tradesmen, really. Tradesmen, we sometimes pull down, oh, you're just a tradesman. Tradesmen, in God's view, are wise. They've got a skill. He says, tell them in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron, for his consecration, so that he may serve me as priest. Can you see wisdom is practical? In other words, it should show in your job. You can't go to work, sit at a desk, get everything wrong, and then at the end of the month say, I have a human right, give me a salary. Gosh, that's not wise. The wisdom's supposed to manifest itself in an improvement where you are, in the betterment of where you are. In fact, the betterment of where you live. If you live in a suburb, even if you're poor, and it's all messy outside your house, that's not wisdom. You say, shame, that's poverty. No, it's not. It's a lack of wisdom, because wisdom always brings order. Hear me here, you can take a plastic packet and go outside and in five or 10 minutes you can clean your environment. But people think that they're wise by leaving it for someone else. Until there's decay and disease, guess who doesn't benefit? Ends up harming you, that's not wisdom. So wisdom is practical. Now the Lord mentions, this is the first time the Holy Spirit's mentioned in the Old Testament, the first time ever, Genesis, Exodus. Notice this, Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, just in case you don't know who he is. And I filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding. See, a lot of the time in church, we want to be filled with the Spirit. Can you feel him? I can. <laughs> no, no, the spirit, it's the spirit of God should lead to order, creativity, instruction, improvement. Not <laughs> now occasionally he might do that, but we I think we pretend and we live by feeling. God says, you know what? I prefer you go to work and show my wisdom there. We don't just be wise in the building. We don't want to play games. We want to change our world. And he says you with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge of all kinds of skills. Now watch wisdom as a manifestation. To make artistic designs for working gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones, to work in wood, to engage in all kinds of crafts. Wisdom leads to actions. It's not conceptual. And wisdom creates our world. We need God's wisdom. Can you say amen? So let's look at four ways to receive the wisdom of God. And I'm going to spend a bit of time on the first one because the first one is the foundation. Number one today, you need to fully understand the three basic types of wisdom. There are three kinds of wisdom that operate every day in our world. And it's important for you to understand them so that you don't operate in the incorrect ones. So number one is the human wisdom. There's human wisdom. Human beings are not animals. If you choose a gorilla or a monkey as your ancestor, that's your business. But God created us a little lower than the angels. Come on now. Stop believing the lie. Believe the wisdom. Out of the mind of God, he created you. On, on Valentine's Day, you don't see two dogs sitting on a bench, looking at the sunset, eating chocolates. Yeah. 
No, they don't have that ability. God's created us with, with wisdom, common sense, which unfortunately is not so common. But we have the ability to study science, maths, art, woodworking, sound, lighting, engineering, health, medicine, all these things, plants, biology, herbs, cookery, and on and on it goes. Man's got some wisdom. But human wisdom is not enough because human wisdom only operates on this level. On the here and now and the scene. Are you with me? And so as a result of that, it has limits. Also, human wisdom operates on reason and feeling. Look out, examine what is seen, then reason and feel. But that's, it's only, a, see, God's given that wisdom, but you can't live by that wisdom. If he intended that, he wouldn't have revealed himself because he would have said, you've got enough. Are you with me? So human wisdom is, is very important, and human wisdom often reinterprets God's wisdom. Human wisdom says, you said, but we're adults. I think we can. And that's why we have things like adult movies. Really? Where we behave like devils. They're called adult movies. Very quiet in this Methodist church now. <laughs> you see, human wisdom redefines the origins of life. Human wisdom says, no, someone couldn't have made us. I think we came from that baboon over there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. And we just make up our minds. That's, how many of you know that that's not enough? It's not enough to give you reasons for life. And human wisdom, listen, changes with fashion, changes with time, changes with era. What was once human wisdom is not human wisdom anymore. It changes. So let me give you an example. How many of you know years ago, doctors recommended that you smoke? Cigarettes were endorsed by doctors in the 60s. They gave testimony to how beneficial it was. Today you all go, what? Today, it's not beneficial. Well, let's change that around. In the 60s, it was beneficial to get married and have children. Today they're saying, no, it's not beneficial. It's very inconvenient. Let's kill them in the womb and let's carry on living single lives because you're going to have far more fun. That's what human wisdom does. Human wisdom constantly looks at the here and now and feels and reevaluates, and that's why we've got such chaos in our world. It's called conventional wisdom, the common belief of how life works. Are you with me? And if you live with that wisdom alone, you're going to end up in trouble. That's why we've got chaos today, because people feel, I feel I'm not happy anymore. I've been married for four years, and he doesn't make me happy. When I come home, there he sits, and he reads the paper, and he doesn't talk to me, and I think I should be happy. So I feel I'm going to find someone else. And so we reason away the purposes of God. I slept with a man, and I felt pregnant, but I don't love him. And I don't want to marry him. And he doesn't want to marry me. So how do I get rid of this child? Well, I can go to the doctor. And the government will subsidize the murder of this baby in the womb. Because I don't feel. Do I know why we've got problems? Rick Warren says this. He said, feelings lie. They lie to you all the time. 
There's an old country song that says, how can it be wrong when it feels so right? There are a lot of things he says that are wrong that feel so right at the moment. And you know what we're doing in our world today? We're offering weak human solutions for weaker human solutions of the past. And we keep thinking we can solve things with human solutions. And one political system after another is springs up in the world and tries to solve the world's problems instead of us going to the biblical wisdom. You know, I was reading about this uh, man in the UK, just 31 years old, Corporal Matthew Millington. He had lung cancer because he was a smoker. So he went into hospital and they did the operation. But it wasn't long after that he passed away. So when they went to the hospital and they did a whole, you know, autopsy and everything, they asked the hospital, you know, what went wrong? Well, they said, well, you know, he was a smoker and we gave him a lung transplant, but we gave him the lungs from another smoker. And they said, well, how can you do that? So, well, there are very few people who don't smoke, so we didn't have any lungs available. So you're dying of smoking, but we'll come up with another human solution. We'll give you the lungs of another smoker, and we'll see if that helps. How many of you know human wisdom is not enough to solve the problems of our world that is choking to death? Number two, I'll lessen your pain. Is this making sense? Can I just say this? In South Africa, human wisdom is our biggest problem because we think we can solve everything by politics and by reason. This, this is what people do. They get to a red light. It's red, but nothing's coming. <laughs> human, I am a human being. I'm an adult. What, what do you mean I have to stop? What do you mean this is a left turn lane only? What do you mean I can't park here? What do you mean there's a yellow line? I'm busy. <laughs> Human wisdom has brought chaos. God's wisdom brings order. So anywhere you see chaos, filth, poverty, and lack, there's a lack of God's wisdom. Are you with me? Number two, let me take you to the second one. Demonic wisdom. Demonic wisdom. Demonic wisdom is inspired by Satan. Most people don't think there's a devil. It's like Santa Claus. He doesn't exist. No, no. The devil exists, and his goal is to destroy. Not just to change your thinking, but to destroy you. Jesus said the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10. 10. But I have come, he said, that you might have life. So the devil's goal is to destroy. He will use human wisdom but his ultimate goal would be to take you down a road where you think what you're doing is wise, but it leads to your destruction. Adam and Eve in the garden. What did God say? Did God really say? Oh, come on. If you take this fruit, guess what? You're going to be wiser than God. So they believed the lie, thought his wisdom would give them more, but his wisdom gave them less. Put them in a place of punishment, a place of, of rejection, a place of pain, hardship, how many of you know today the devil's goal is to destroy you? Why suicide on the increase? In America, every 22 minutes, someone takes their life. That's not natural. That's telling you it's easier. Oh, just do, just take those tablets, just lie down. No, you don't need to, you don't need to put up with the suffering. No, that's, that's lying to you. No, God's given you the gift of life. Filled with potential, filled with opportunity. But are going to be hardships, of course. Are there going to be trials? Is it going to be painful? Yeah, pain's inevitable. But should you kill yourself? No. Yeah, but I'm in so much debt, so. What can they do? 
What are they going to do to you? You can always get more money. You got life. You can breathe. You're alive. Demonic wisdom is terrible. And, and, and what demonic wisdom says literally is this. You can live by your feelings and live by your appetites and the outcome will be good. Do whatever you feel and whatever you desire and it's going to work out. So when you're in a marriage and it's not working and you look across and there's someone at work and when you walk past it's hmm, Tom Fordo. It's my favorite. <laughs> and they come and they smile at you because they don't know you. They don't live with you. Anyone can love someone that they just have coffee with because it's sterile at that table. You get married as dirty sheets, dirty socks, toilets, smells. But the devil tells you, fulfill your appetites, leave your marriage, hook up with them, destroy their family, create a complete mix-up, alienate all your friends. The church is not going to be happy with but it's all going to be, you're going to be much happier. Come on. So human wisdom operates here. Demonic wisdom operates here. It comes from the pit. It's even lower than human wisdom. Are you with me? And we believe we can do things. We, 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 can, we can kill babies in the womb because it's very inconvenient. I love what this lady said, Terry Iglesias. She's a, what they call an ethicist. I'm not even sure she's a Christian. She says it's about life in the womb. She says living beings and so-called human beings are not like machines or houses that come to be by installments. You may have half a clock or half a house constructed but you cannot have half a dog or half a human being. Either we are fully present or we are not present at all. Demonic wisdom says, no, you, that's not a baby. Come on, use your head. It's not a baby, you can just kill it. If you can convince yourself with human wisdom and demonic wisdom, guess what? You, you can do things that later you can live to regret all your life. 58 million babies have been aborted in America and now they're using the fetuses for science. You need to watch those videos sometimes. If you've had an abortion, can I say, don't, feel, don't be condemned, but don't do it. Don't think you can go to bed with someone on Valentine's night. I had nobody, he showed an interest. The average, you know, thing that happens in the bedroom, it lasts about five minutes. If you're lucky and it's really romantic, 20 minutes. <laughs> and then you don't want the consequences. That's not just human, that's demonic. Because it's successfully killing off the life that God designed. God thought up and created a man and a woman. God thought up and created children. God said, the only thing you can take to heaven from this earth is people. And the devil says, I'm going to use reasoning and that wisdom and that wisdom to kill them off. Let me lessen your pain, number three. Are you being helped today? Divine wisdom. You see, divine wisdom is the third kind of wisdom and it operates up here, if you like, at the roof. It looks down and sees like a helicopter. 
It sees things that human wisdom and demonic wisdom can't see. It sees purpose. It sees divinely the beginning from the end. And we need to follow divine wisdom. And divine wisdom has everything you need for life. Look at this truth on the screen with me. There's no situation, issue, or challenge in your life that the wisdom of God doesn't have an answer for. Don't ever tell yourself, oh, well, you know, we need to be adults. We need to think, you know, and you know, some people, they find that a bit strange. And, and God's wisdom, you kind of like shrug it off. No, no, you need to embrace God's wisdom because that's where all your answers lie. And the outcome of God's wisdom is always good. Let's read about the three kinds of wisdom here in James chapter 3. And James, speaking here, says, who is wise and understanding among you? He's asking a question. Well, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Not just talk, but, but action. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, in other words, human, unspiritual, that's, that's the word sukikos, speaks of the soul, and then demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find what? Disorder. Can you see that? And every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Here you can see the fruit. Pure, peace-loving, considerate. Considerate. You, you think about others. Come on now. You think about others. Before you throw a Kentucky chicken box out the window while you're driving, you think of others. Wisdom shows itself in every way. Before you walk out of your marriage, you consider someone who's been faithful. We've been married 47 years. You, there's been a lot of consideration here. You irritate me. You drive me up the wall. You, you border on nagging at the moment, but I'm considering... He says you're submissive. Submissive, it, it, it responds to leadership. It responds to what God wants. It, it, it receives instruction. Lately, this is what I'm finding Christians are saying. When we counsel them, I'm an adult. Yeah, we noticed. <laughs> we don't need to be told. Gosh, what an answer. Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You see, when it says that it's human, and then it says it's unspiritual, and then even demonic, do you know, unspiritually is not a good description. The word there in the Greek is actually psychikos, which means of the soul. And, and you know, psychology is a study of the soul. You need to study your soul, but you can't live by your soul. Go to a psychologist, let them analyze you and talk to you, but we don't live by our soul. We don't live by human wisdom. We don't live by feeling. We don't live by demonic wisdom. We bring our feelings in line with God's wisdom. So when our feelings tell us something, no, sorry, we submit it to God's wisdom. So I want to ask you today, who's the author of your life? Because if you're spending hours in front of the movies, watching TV, if you're reading stuff, if you're going to political meetings, guess what? All those hours during the week, you're getting all this human wisdom, sometimes even demonic wisdom. Can I say Marxism is demonic because it killed people? 
We need, some people need to read the history books. It's killed millions of people, but we want to embrace it today and bring it back. It's demonic. It's not even human. We need to embrace God's wisdom. But you come to church once a week for one and a half hours, and it's like we expect to get all... No, we, we need... Because author, the author means the authority. Notice author and authority are the same? That's the authority over your life. I want God to be the author of my life. Because Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith. Are you with me? So whose wisdom are you following, and where are you getting your wisdom from? Because there are three kinds of wisdom. Number two. Can you believe we got to number two? You need to respect and value divine wisdom if you want to receive it. Because you'll only receive what you respect. Isn't that true? You don't listen to people you don't respect. So if you disregard God's wisdom, you're not going to receive it. You've got to go, hang on a minute, I hugely respect what God says, and I value his wisdom. Let's read some scripture to confirm that. Psalm 111 verse 10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Well, the NIV explains it a bit more simply. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. What does fear of the Lord mean? It doesn't mean you're scared. It means you reverence. It's an old-fashioned term which meant reverence and honor for God. He says, if you say, God, you're right. I respect you. What you say is true. That's the beginning of wisdom. The minute you say, oh, the Bible. You know, the Bible's got to move with the times. Guess what? You're not going to receive the wisdom of God because you're shutting your heart to it. Because what you don't respect, you won't receive. It goes on in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 15 and verse 33. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. You see, what we, what we tend to do is we don't respect God's wisdom. We place too much value on our own wisdom and on human wisdom. And when you place too much value on your own wisdom, you actually become a fool. Let me read scripture to you, lest you think I'm being rude. Proverbs 26 and verse 12. Do you see a man or a person who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. See, we, we cannot think on a human level and expect to succeed. We've got to say, God, you're right. You're right. And I, I'm amazed. It, it, there's a phrase that Christians are using so much lately. They've always used it, but lately it's become more popular. This is what they say to me. The God I serve wants me to be happy. Really? I don't find him in the Bible. He's the one who let Joseph stay in a pit for 13 years. He's the one who hung Jesus on a cross. He's the one who said one man and one woman must marry. But the God I serve wants me to be happy. No, no, he doesn't. That's a figment of your imagination. That's a God you've cooked up in your head because you're living by feelings and you don't respect what he says because what he says is too hard for you right now. Donald Miller wrote a book called Searching for God Knows What. And he said this, he said, the very scary thing to me is that people actually believe God is who they think he is. That is good and fine when we're talking about Santa. But when we're talking about God, the ramifications of an imposter are more upsetting. 
You've got to constantly fight because the world is trying to give you, it's trying to give you human wisdom and it's trying to get you to live by your feelings. And this is what we get told. Christians are so intolerant. Who are you guys? You, you're such bigots. You tell us that we can't. Who do you think you are? You know, live and let live. But then I find they are totally intolerant when they go to the bank because the, they insist that the bank, two and two must be four. The bank has to use mathematics. Two and two must be four. Imagine the bank decides, we feel, we all feel two and two is three. And you get your statement. What's this? No, we just felt. You'd be the first one in there demanding, foaming at the mouth, like a demon-possessed person. When, you write a, when, when the doctor writes out a prescription at the chemist, the pharmacist doesn't get it and go, I know him, I went to school with him, nah. I'm gonna give you this and give you that and give you that. You just take that, I, I feel it'll be fine. You'll be like finding a doctor, there's a nut working in the chemist. We insist in matters that actually not are important. But when it comes to morality and marriage, now we want everyone to be tolerant. It's not how the world works. God's wisdom is a two plus two equals four wisdom. That doesn't change. It adds up. Am I making sense today? See, the problem is what we've done as a church, and many churches have done this, they've sold out the truth. And as a result today, people look at those churches and say, well, they agree. They have not embraced God's wisdom. They've attempted to win people on the human wisdom level, while all the time from the bottom, demonic wisdom is actually at work. It's a scary thing. Solomon says this in Proverbs 23, buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Don't be a sellout. Value God's wisdom. Can you say amen? amen? Number three, quickly, hunger and keep growing in wisdom. Hunger and keep growing in wisdom. You've got to hunger for wisdom. You've got to be thirsty for it. If you don't desire it, it's probably because you think you've got it. You never desire something you think you've got. But that education is not enough. You can read and study, but the wisdom of God from the word is most important. Are you hearing me? And we need to hunger for it. You need to desire it. Charles Spurgeon said, the doorstep to the temple of wisdom is a knowledge of our own ignorance. We are not born wise. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. We are born silly and we need training and we need God's authority and wisdom is something we should earnestly desire. The scriptures describe it as the principal thing. Proverbs chapter four, Solomon says, when he was young, for I was a son unto my father, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. And he taught me and said unto me, let thy heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding doesn't just come to you. Forget not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she will preserve thee. Love her, and she will keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Are you getting this, church? Get wisdom. Yeah, yeah, with all thy getting. Get understanding. It's like an emphasis. And some of us are, Oh, I suppose as I get older, I'll get wiser. No, no, sometimes age comes by itself. 
Wisdom doesn't always come with age. Age just comes with wrinkles. You need to get wisdom. See, Jesus, when he was young, he was filled with wisdom, but then he grew in wisdom. Notice this in Luke's gospel here. The child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom. He's got it. And the grace of God was upon him. And then it goes to say, and Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God. So you can have it, but you must hunger after more. Don't, don't be a person who gets to a certain age. Some people do this. When they get to 50, now I'm 50. Man, you know, I've been around a long time. You know, when I was young, my boy, now I'm 50. No, no, no. You need to be learning and gaining wisdom until you go to the grave. At 90, you must say, you know what? I need to read some more. I was reading about John Maxwell's father, 93 years old. And he's still asking John, which books can you recommend that I can read to grow in? It's produced John Maxwell. That's what happens with hungering after wisdom, but particularly God's wisdom. Are you with me? And we need to because what you hunger after, if it's not God's wisdom, the devil will satisfy you. James Dobson said this, Satan will attempt to offer you whatever you hunger for, whether it be money, power, sex, or prestige. But Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he said this, for they shall be filled. Because what you hunger after is what you'll get. And we need to be people who hunger and thirst. And church is not just about coming to a meeting to learn more information. It's to gain wisdom. Henry Nouwens, the author and theologian, said this. He said, the church is not an institution forcing us to follow rules, but a community inviting us to still our hunger and thirst at its table. You come to sit in church to eat so that you can grow wise. Not just to follow rules, get beat about the head. No, you're here to get instruction. So you can go out and say, ah, that went into my soul. It's going to come out in my life. Number four, we're nearly done. It says altar call on here. In nice language, it means shut up. <laughs> How many are receiving something? Quickly, number four, this is important. Ask God and associate with spiritually wise people. If you want the wisdom of God, ask God. Because the book of James tells us that if we pray and ask God for wisdom, he'll give generously to all of us. What a wonderful promise. James says you lack wisdom, ask God. How many of you know, if you really think about your prayer life, when have you asked for wisdom? Only when you're in a crisis. We should ask for wisdom all the time. Wisdom with my children, wisdom with business, Wisdom with the things of God. Wisdom with my attitude. Wisdom with my neighbors. Wisdom with my family. Wisdom with my outlaws. Pray and ask. Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave him abundant wisdom. Wisdom of, about plants and, and health and all sorts of things and songwriting and, and proverbs. And then practical wisdom to build and construct and to run a nation. If we ask, we'll get it. And if we don't have wisdom, it's because we ask not. Are you with me? And so wisdom is useful. The wisdom you get from God will help you in your marriage. It'll help you in your family. It'll help you in your, wisdom, in your business. So pray for it and receive it. But then wisdom also comes from, listen, impartation and association. Who you hang out with. You can ask God for wisdom, but hang out with the wrong people. 
And they will author and be the authority in your life if you're not careful. Come to church, you read everything, you hear everything, you make notes, you're writing in your little book, and then you go out and, so what do you think? Ah, no, man. Don't be stupid, man. And you just shrug it off. Why? Because by association. Watch this. Proverbs says this. Proverbs 13. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Who you mix with. And so you've got to be careful of the friends. Listen, be careful of those who you allow to lead you. Because you catch their spirit. When Joshua was about to be appointed leader, God didn't say to Moses, teach him everything. The Lord told him to lay hands on him. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because he had been to college and studied in their Bible school. Oh, sorry. Now it says he was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Have you noticed how incredible our young people are in this church? They've been ordained. Not just taught stuff in the head. And when you pray for people, they catch your spirit. They catch years of faithful marriage. They catch years of theology and understanding. And then they're able to run because it's through association, being on team, and then through impartation. It's not luck. And people make this mistake. I'm going to a church where they're going to let me speak. They never let me speak at Rivers because it's too big. No, no, no. Don't come up with the wrong reasons. We're very careful who we associate with in ministry. And then be very careful who we lay hands on. Because the Bible says you mustn't lay hands on people too quickly. You must be very careful. So who your friends are, who you associate with, and how you pray will depend on the wisdom in your life. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 